It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I'm recording this the day before I leave for a road trip, and this episode will come out while I'm on the road, I think. (laughs) Or I think I might be like in one of my destinations, but I will be on my trip. And I actually wasn't feeling very inspired today to record, but I actually have to record two episodes because I don't want to bring my microphone on the trip and I don't want to... uh, have to work very much. I'm not someone who takes a lot of vacations. And I guess I travel a good amount as I'm going to talk about today, but I don't usually consider them vacations. Once I started working for myself, I found it hard to take structured vacation. Even looking back on most of my work history, I'm not sure that I would consider any of it vacation, except for one time. I did go to Hawaii in 2010 with my friends. That's the only time I've been there. Although now I feel sad because native people in Hawaii have been asking tourists not to go visit, which I really take to heart. So I kind of wonder if I'll ever go back there. It's interesting, but that's a whole nother topic. Anyways, I guess that might've been one of very few vacations. When I was growing up, My family and I used to take vacations, like many families. Sometimes we would go to, I think, a lot of tropical places we ended up going. But every once in a while, we would go to somewhere specific. Like I remember we went to Quebec one time. We could drive there from Massachusetts. It's actually not that far. I went on school trips. I've actually had the privilege, because it truly is a privilege to travel a lot, I have traveled for work. I've traveled for school. I think I've mentioned on some episodes how I studied abroad in the Netherlands, and that was incredible. And I also went to the Cannes Film Festival twice. One time I interned and kind of volunteered there, and the second time I went as a mentor for the same program and kind of helped out the interns. And that second trip was paid for. I didn't get paid, but I think almost all, if not all my expenses were paid for, which was really cool. And so I've had the luxury of having a lot of people <laughs> pay for my trips. The A few other times when I was working for a family as a nanny, I went to Europe with them twice, two summers in a row. And of course, that was all paid for. Travel, I guess, just felt like very accessible to me. And it's also interesting because growing up, I don't recall liking road trips. I associated them with like being in long drives with my parents in the backseat with my sister. And none of them in my memory seemed fun aside from like the bonding. My sister and I are very close and I'm actually going to see her on this trip I'm about to take. And I just like got kind of like butterflies of excitement because my sister and I have such a 
deep, deep bond. I've tried really hard to get her to do more of this trip with me, but she actually is on vacation, I think, right now somewhere else and is going to be going back to her job and then jumping back on the plane like a few days later to come spend a few days with me on this trip. We're going to see a concert. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know if I mentioned any of this. So this episode is going to be about this upcoming trip, but I want to set the stage because the themes are also about the discomfort and the comfort of travel. And if you're watching the YouTube version of this, which by the way, I'm so excited to be catching up to posting pretty much every episode on YouTube. Once Jason and I switched over to doing everything virtually, it became easy to put the videos up. We recorded like in person when we used to do guest episodes. So a lot of those have not been uploaded to YouTube yet. So maybe one day I'll get to those. I don't even know actually if I have that footage, Jason might have it. So anyways, I'm working on it. I don't know when this episode will be up because I'm taking a break, but my goal is like in the next few months to be completely caught up and have all the videos go up on the same day as the audio version of the show drops. So when you see, or if you see this video, there is a ton of stuff behind me. This is some of my packing and I just finished cleaning up a little bit. But before I get into that, I want to finish my train of thought. So I really see travel as a privilege because I've met plenty of people who have never traveled. Even people I grew up with in my hometown in Massachusetts, which was a very privileged lifestyle for many of us. Most of the kids that I went to had parents with a good amount of money. And at the time I didn't, that was just life. But looking back, like I definitely grew up privileged and even a lot of them chose not to travel much or even move that far. A lot of my classmates from high school still live in the general vicinity. And I'm always fascinated by that, you know, versus someone like me who went from a really small town to a huge city, one of the biggest cities in the world. And I'm really drawn to big cities too. I always have been. And I think there's the excitement and the energy of it really suits me. And it's interesting in the context of road trips, every time I drive somewhere, I think, what if I'll find a new place that I want to live? But every trip so far, I've come back and still wanted to live here, still felt at least comfortable enough to stay. I don't have the passion to leave Los Angeles like a lot of people do. I just so fascinating because what draws me to road trips and the places that I'm going on this trip, for example, which I'll share with you in an upcoming episode just to protect my safety, I won't disclose exactly where I'm going and when, but most of the places I'm going, including national parks, are kind of remote and quiet and smaller. And there are areas in some of the states that I'm going to on this coming trip that I've heard a lot of people say great things about. In fact, I will say one of the states that I'm going to is Utah and another is Arizona. So <laughs> I'm going to be going technically to three states and crossing through a fourth. And actually, all four of these states I feel incredibly drawn to, but I just can't really imagine myself living there. 
So that's a whole other thing. And I think I've talked about this. I remember there was an episode Jason and I did in the past where he had talked about for so long about moving out of LA. And we've done at least one episode where we really talked about it and he was trying to figure out where he wanted to live. And I I imagine I mentioned some of my feelings about different parts of the country. So I'm not going to get into that today. Anyway, so let me circle back (laughs) the privilege there. There's a lot built in. And I feel like it's so important to acknowledge privilege when talking about travel. For so long, I viewed life as just like, if you want to, you will. Something they say a lot on TikTok, mostly in this context of romantic relationships. If he wanted to, he would is one of those phrases. But you know, I actually have an issue with this idea of if you wanted to or someone else wanted to, they would. I just feel like that's so limited. And I'm really glad that I outgrew that outlook because it is so relative. And when for someone like me who grew up with privilege, who grew up with parents that could provide for me, that loved me, that loved travel, like of course, like that felt really accessible to me, right? I had the privilege of the college I went to that had the broad program and the privilege to have the money to go. I had the privilege of jobs that I took and career paths that I took. Like all of those things are not something that I want to take for granted and kind of be in this mindset of like, oh, anybody could do this. Road trips, I think, are fairly accessible. But even that, I mean, with gas prices as they are today, I bet you, interestingly enough, road trips are going to change for a lot of people starting this year. I'm actually would be very interested to see the statistics given how high gas prices went. Now, I drive an electric car, which I'm extraordinarily grateful for. And I love the challenge of driving cross country and around the country with my car because it certainly is a big difference. But anyways, the privilege side of it, the time is another big, big factor. So I think there are a lot of like travel bloggers, travel influencers, et cetera, that talk about it. Even things like credit cards and the travel points. We've done an episode on this in the past. There's a few that touch upon this. Actually, a fairly recent one with a guest named Jason who talked about traveling a lot. He has a whole book out about making travel work. There was a recent episode they just put on YouTube with Jesse from You Need a Budget. So that's really good for budgeting. And then a guest named Owen who talked about credit cards. And so if you're looking for some references to help you think about this, that's great. But also keep in mind, those are three white men who have a lot of experience and knowledge. And I bring up their skin color and their gender because I think that there's a lot of information coming from people that look like them that make it seem really easy and accessible. And I want to acknowledge that gender can make travel difficult. I've talked about this in past episodes um, about how hard it is for me mentally, emotionally sometimes when I'm traveling, I have a lot of anxiety. Even though I really enjoy it, I have a lot of anxiety about being safe. And I can talk a little bit about today in this episode, I'll talk about how I've created some systems to keep myself safe. But honestly, I feel like it's always a bit of a gamble as a woman, unfortunately. 
And again, there was a whole episode that Jason and I did talking about the element of women feeling unsafe during trips. And a lot of people have felt concerned. But I've actually traveled by myself quite a bit. I traveled to Greece a few years ago by myself. I was in Greece with a previous boyfriend of mine there and back. There was a ton involved just getting there. And certainly things could have happened. When I studied abroad, I actually did a ton of probably dangerous things, not intentionally, but looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would not do those things now as an adult, knowing what I know. And maybe times have just changed or my awareness has shifted. So I still feel like there's a risk factor and that's unfortunate. So that's what I mean on the gender side of things. There are things to consider that somebody who has the privilege of their gender or their race or their income level or their job situation. Like I always want to emphasize that I'm not trying to come from a place of anybody can do this. And I would actually like to bring on some more guests to the show that could share some different viewpoints into this. Because I think sometimes or very often travel is just seen as like, oh, set up a plan and you can do it. Now, that is basically how I work. So now that I've acknowledged the privilege side of it, like the privilege of working however, whenever I want, I can set things up. Now, I did have to plan weeks and weeks in advance to make this trip happen with my work schedule. Every day is completely flexible for me, but I have a ton of meetings. I have this podcast and several other podcasts that I'm doing. I have clients that I do work for at least five days a week and checking in on them and all of these things that come into play. And if I don't plan that stuff in advance, then it becomes really challenging. And every time I travel now, I have to like really consider like what could possibly go wrong. And anyways, so that's one thing. But overall, because I have the flexibility right now to work for myself and have clients, it's very different than when I used to work a full-time job and had to request time off and would only get certain days off or certain time periods off. And I don't have children either. I think that's also something that I'm recognizing more and more. And sometimes I feel not guilty, but it's interesting being in my age range and having so many friends with kids and family members with kids and seeing their lives compared to mine and talking to them on the phone. And sometimes I'll like stop myself and realize, wow, like we are living very differently from one another because they have kids and I don't. And sometimes that thought makes me think, wow, I don't know if I ever want to have kids, like not want to be able to travel like I am with this trip. I'm not sure. I don't think kids get in the way or prevent that, but they certainly make it a very different situation. So this trip. So I've had a habit of marking down places I want to go. Once I started road tripping two years ago in 2020, I got the bug for it. Actually, technically, my first road trip with my electric car, the Tesla Fiat electric car previous to this one, 
And I was able to do like one short trip with that Fiat (laughs) because it could only go 80 miles on a charge, which is very low versus my Tesla is supposed to be around 300 miles, although it gets maybe like 275 or something. And the Tesla is not only a car with long range, but the Tesla ecosystem, I guess maybe you could say that, it is designed to be able to drive anywhere, almost anywhere. And when I heard about that, I felt like that I had to get that car. And that was one of the pun intended driving factors <laughs> of my decision to get the car almost four years ago because I didn't want to feel held back, but I really wanted an electric car. So I did my first experiment with Jason actually in 2019 and we drove to Denver, Colorado and we went to one of the places. So spoiler, one place I'm going on this trip is Denver and we went because one of my favorite musical groups, One Republic, was playing at Red Rocks Amphitheater, which was a place I had heard about and wanted to go. And I love seeing One Republic live. So convinced Jason to go with me. And we did this like week long trip, I think, going there. And that was amazing. And it showed me that my car could go the long distance. Well, sometime after that trip, I wanted to try a longer trip. And I started thinking about the cross country trip, which as you may know, I ended up doing in 2020 first time with the car. And it was so exhilarating. And then I ended up driving back from Massachusetts to LA by myself. And I did not know that I could handle that. I kind of had to do it that way because I couldn't find anybody else to drive back with me. On the way there, as you may know, I drove out with a friend, Leanne, who came on the show and we talked about that trip, another episode. There's going to be a lot of episode references in this one for you. So (laughs) you may find yourself going down quite a rabbit hole today. But Leanne really pushed me to do that trip. I remember feeling really nervous about it. It was scary because we were going to camp. And I'm like, I had zero experience camping. I don't know anything about it. didn't have any equipment. And I thought, all right, like, let's see what happens. I really wanted to try camp mode in the Tesla, which if you haven't heard me talk about this is... (laughs) like this button you press that keeps the air conditioning or the heat on at whatever temperature you want. And it keeps it circulating and it'll keep your electronics on. So it's kind of designed to be like a glamping situation in the car. And that was incredible. So I did that trip and I was like, this is amazing. So since then, I started thinking about road tripping a lot and marking spots down. On that trip, we actually went through Colorado. So it was my second year in a row going through Colorado. And over time, I started seeing all these places that I wanted to go to. And then last year, when I did my big cross-country trip by myself, the first like round-trip trip in my electric car, that felt really ambitious because I went way up to Montana, where I'd never been. And that was like almost at the border between the US and Canada. And went into bear territory. I've never done that before. So that was also a big adventure and took a lot longer. Saw like almost every single one of my family members on that trip. It was awesome. I felt so empowered. 
and actually it went really smoothly. I was amazed, but I did not go to Colorado that trip. And I kept thinking about it. I'm like, I really want to go back. So this trip actually came out of my desire to go to Colorado. So I started marking all these places. I used Google Maps and there's a really cool feature in there where you can like bookmark places that you like. I use TikTok a lot. And anytime I saw a video on TikTok saying like, you got to go here, I mark it down. And when I looked at the map, so many of those places were in Colorado. So I'm slowly sharing some of these places I'm going. But again, I'll share the timeline and the destinations after I return from the trip. So I had intended on going to Colorado sometime this year. Then two things happened. One, I heard about this event CEX, which I talked about. That is in Phoenix, Arizona, which it's not quite on the way to Colorado, but it's not really out of the way. So that I thought, okay, well, how about I go to Phoenix and then Colorado? And then I felt like the biggest sign was when I found out another one of my favorite musical acts who I will keep to myself for now was playing at Red Rocks Amphitheater. And I thought, here we go. There's two musical acts I see almost religiously every time they play in Los Angeles. And the second act is one of them. So my sister happens to like this musical act too. Is that the right term? Musical act? Musician, I suppose. And so I got tickets and my sister had not confirmed if she was going to come. She's really last minute type of person, but I finally got her to get a plane ticket and we got it all sorted out and we're going to Red Rocks to see this performance. And I'm so, so excited. We're also going to a national park with each other. I'm going to a bunch of national parks and hitting up some of the places in Colorado that I want to go. So I feel good about it, but I'm leaving tomorrow morning and it's just intense. I'm leaving in like 15 hours or so. Is that right? Gosh, that's nuts. I feel before any trip that I do, some sort of anxiety come up. It's like simultaneously uncomfortable and uncomfortable for me. And that's so interesting. I remember also feeling this way about Greece where I had wanted to go to Greece for so long. And my boyfriend at the time invited me. He was already traveling in Europe and he offered to pay for parts of it. Like he got a lot of the finances sorted out. So I had very few excuses not to go on this trip, but I remember just like procrastinating buying my plane ticket and making the plane. It just like overwhelmed me. And I'm so glad I did it despite how complicated and long the trip was to get there. And like, it was an ordeal. I actually have footage from that trip that I've wanted to edit together and I just haven't gotten around to it. That's how I feel about a lot of my trips. I have this desire to share all the things I learned because that Greece trip actually was the beginning, unbeknownst to me, the beginning of a big passion for travel. So what that has in common with my road trips in the US is I started to get really into travel gear. My boyfriend at the time was also really into travel stuff and he had the, did this big trip in Europe. And he was always telling me like, look at what I got here. Look at this, look at that. And at first I wasn't that interested, but once I started planning the Greece trip, I was like, okay, what can I do to make this trip more comfortable? 
So I actually have a video on this on my YouTube channel for Eco Vegan Gal, which I can share with you and talked about the carry-on stuff. I did carry-on only. And I also bought a bunch of things to like sleep more comfortably on the plane. And it was awesome because like I said, it was such a long trip just to get there. And I was very grateful for everything that I bought to make the flight more comfortable. And that's basically what's happened on the road trips as well. When I did the trip in 2020, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, which is probably a good thing because (laughs) I think that I felt uncomfortable about it. Similar to the Greece trip, if I didn't have somebody pushing me to do it, probably wouldn't have gone to Greece and I probably wouldn't have driven cross country. But having somebody say, I want to do this with you, you can do this, like we're in this together, really helped me out a lot. And I think that's also a bit of a privilege. And it gave me the courage to start doing things on my own. And in 2020, I also didn't have a ton of money. I think financially, I was really just trying to get my footing. And I remember at the beginning of 2020, I was barely making income. Like I didn't have any regular clients like I do now. I just remember like things were tight and the like stimulus check was a huge deal or checks, plural. I think there might've been two that year. And similar to a lot of people, I was so panicked about money. So I actually found ways to do most of that 2020 trip with Leanne on a very limited budget. We split most things, like all the car charging we split. We split the camping costs. We split food costs, like pretty much everything. I also got ton of stuff donated by companies and included them in the podcast and some various social media promotions. So that was kind of a smart way to do it. But I just remember feeling really limited. And last year, I was in a better financial position. So I actually bought a bunch of things to experiment with, and that would make the trip better. And I just did the same thing for this upcoming trip. And that feels uncomfortable too, even though I have the financial flexibility I still get like a little bit of a pit in my stomach. (laughs) Like there's one thing I haven't bought yet. I'm really procrastinating it, but it's absolutely amazing. And I just kind of have to push myself. I think I'm going to pull the trigger and get it later today or tomorrow, like literally the last minute and pick it up from the store on my way to my first destination. But one thing, speaking of safety, that feels good and something I've been thinking about for about a year is called a Garmin InTouch. And it is a satellite device that will track where you are and other people can see where you are too. It has emergency features built into it and it also allows you to text message in areas where you wouldn't get cell signal. Last year, that really would have come in handy because (laughs) I was in Montana at Glacier National Park, and I was there for two nights, like two and a half days, I think, and barely had cell signal the entire time. Luckily, nothing happened. It was completely fine. But when I finally did get signal, I had all these concerned texts from my mom being like, I don't see you on the find my iPhone map, you know, with the iPhones, if you have one. They have really nice tracking features so you can track your friends and family that give you permission. And my mom loves using that when I'm on the road. And I guess when you are at a cell signal, it doesn't show you where you last were. 
maybe it does, or I don't know. My mom just couldn't see me, and she got really nervous because it was a couple days. And so I had no way of touching base with her, and that makes me nervous. The other thing that I thought it could be helpful for is like if my car breaks down in the middle of the road, despite the fact that I also bought like a bunch of things to repair my tires. And one challenge with the Tesla is it, or at least mine, the Model 3, doesn't have a spare tire. They do make spare tires. A third party offers them. But like the cost, I think they're like $300. Tesla tires are expensive in general. And anyways, it's like, I mean, it's not that small and it takes up all this room. And I was like, I don't want to get that unless I really, really was advised to. But I got some tire repair kits and stuff like that. Anyways, let's just say that happened or like something really bad happened in the middle of nowhere. It would be nice instead of waiting around for someone to pass by and who knows who that could be to be able to communicate. So that's why I'm really leaning towards getting this thing. Plus, I thought... If anything ever happened to me, I'd love for someone to at least know where I was the last place I was seen, whereas cell phones are not that reliable. So I'm very close to getting it, but it's $400. However, I do happen to have a $300 gift certificate to REI that I was given for Christmas, and I've been holding on to it for like the perfect thing. And so that's covered. It's even just sometimes like you know, that extra $140 to buy this device with tax that like still feels like a lot of money to me when money is so relative, but I feel like it's a good thing to do. And this is the challenge though with travel. Like I'll go down these rabbit holes and just find product after product after product and not like frivolous, nice to haves, like a lot of things that are very valuable And I've been treating these road trips as just like gradually adding more and more things. Because I did the 2020 trip, I know that I have everything that I technically need. Everything that I've bought last year and this year thus far are items that are nice to have and extra security. The other thing I got that is making me laugh because I am so uncomfortable with this I got this SUV tent, and I can't wait to do a follow-up episode to tell you about how all this stuff went in hindsight, but I was really excited about this tent. I did all this research, cost comparison. I found a really inexpensive version that's brand new. I even tried to look for used gear too, but opted not to with this particular thing, and I set it up to practice because I read a little bit saying like it's a little complicated to put together. So I'm like, how hard could it be? And I get it out and immediately find out it's kind of challenging the first time you put it together. But this thing is huge. And all these people are saying like, oh, it's much better if two people put it together. And I found myself feeling two emotions. One was like really frustrated and disappointed, deeply uncomfortable, like, ugh. I did all this research and this wasn't what I expected. And I was really looking forward to this. I thought this was going to be this really great thing. And now it's overwhelming. But after I moved through those emotions, I realized, you know what? I really want to embrace the challenge of this. This is the only tent I've ever bought. The only tent I've ever owned. Well, 
take that back. When I was growing up, I used to like to tend to camp kind of, I used to love the tent that my parents had. I don't even know the story of why they had this tent. I should probably ask them about it. It was like this weird old tent we had that I think eventually something spilled on it. I remember it smelling weird, but I went through a phase of being really into it. I don't think I put it together myself, but as I'm talking through this, maybe I did. Interesting. It's funny how like stories like this bring up old memories. And I think maybe I slept in it once. And then I guess like I did a backyard camping growing up, but that was the extent of it. And in my adult life, this is the first tent. And I read all these positive reviews about this thing and it wasn't what I expected. It's so big and intense, but I thought, you know what? I want to just prove to myself that I can do these hard things. And I think this is the appeal of these big trips for me is when I tell people about what I'm doing, most people seem very surprised. They'll say things like, wow, you're doing it all on your own. And part of me feels like, well, what's the big deal? Like, why is it that people respond that way? And I think a lot of it's gender. And that makes me sad. Speaking of this Going back to what I said initially, I think the reason that resonates with me is, yes, I have privilege. My skin color has given me a sense of safety that I know people with different skin colors do not experience. And I can't imagine how hard it would be for a woman of color to do these trips. Like, what do they go through? What about people that are not heterosexual? People that are outside of the white, cisgender, heterosexual, well-off world. like I think this has opened my eyes to the fact that what makes me feel unsafe is relatively minor compared to what other people have to go through and why they may not do these types of trips. And if that's you, I would really love to hear from you, honestly, about what your experience is. And even if that's not you, I want to hear about your experience and really encourage you to reach out, whether it's through social media or text message, if you have my number or email, I would really be interested to hear what your thoughts and experiences are. Like, do you travel? Why or why not? And how do you feel on it? And I bring that up now because I think there's a lot of like cultural reinforcement of this idea that if you're not a strong white man, that doing anything on your own is like weird. Even in 2022, like (laughs) we're supposed to have more equality, but people still react that way to me all the time. A lot of people say like, wow, that's cool. But (laughs) they also have this kind of edge to it. Like I would never do that. And that's part of the appeal to me too. It's I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I'm just trying to prove it to myself and say like, I can do this. I want to be able to handle anything. I want to embrace the discomfort. Like putting up this tent seems like a pretty minor thing, but it's intimidating to me. It's scary. Like having this huge thing, like, I don't know, like, is it going to blow away in the wind? When the first time I tried to put it together, I was so frustrated because it's so big and the way that it's designed, 
it's really hard to put together on your own, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. I know I can. And it's like that simultaneous, like I'm feeling anxious about using that tent, but I'm not going to return it. (laughs) At least not until I've given it a fair shot. Like I just want to go and try it out. And it's just so fascinating to you. Like for some reason I feel, I feel a bit anxious, like talking it through. I'm going to stay at an Airbnb in some parts of this trip. I'm staying at some RV parks, I think two RV parks and two campgrounds. I have three out of the four RV slash camping places booked and one not because they don't take reservations at this time of year. So there's also the unknown. One place I went to last year on my road trip was not taking reservations and I got there and it was all booked. But luckily I had looked at some plan B's. So I've done a bit of that. But that's scary too. Like, you know, long day of driving and you get somewhere and you don't even know if there's room for you. But every time I've stayed somewhere, it's all worked out. The tent is actually part of my safety plan because I've been camping in my car, sleeping in the car, doing everything in the car on these trips. And sometimes I feel like I stand out and I'm trying not to draw a lot of attention to myself. A lot of people will drive in their car to places, but they have a tent. So part of my hope is to fit in more. But this tent, because it's an SUV tent, is really neat because it attaches to your car. And that's the reason I got it. So I hope (laughs) that it goes over semi-smoothly. The other thing I got that I'm so excited about and I can't wait to test out tomorrow (laughs) is something that people are, I think most people also feel very uncomfortable about. I haven't really talked to many people about this product yet, but it's called the Carlu. And it's a car loo, which is slang for potty or toilet. And I found that there's a few companies that make these potties or toilets to use in the car. And the two that I was deciding between are made by women in the United States And I debated between two brands and I ended up going with the Carlu. And the woman that owns this company is like so nice. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so glad that I got it through her. She actually ended up sending it to me to review it. And I cannot wait. Like, I want to try it. I already want to spread the word about it. Obviously, I already am. But you will not believe the situations I have put myself in the past two years when it comes to using the bathroom, even just urinating. Mostly those have been like the chaotic things. In 2020, when I traveled with Leanne, things were still really iffy with COVID. This is before the vaccines were out. This is like, there was so many unknowns and I was going to see my family. So was she. Like we wanted to try really hard to protect ourselves. And one of the things that we avoided was public restrooms. And over time, we ended up using them more and more. Our initial goal is like not to use them, but that got thrown out of the window. As we talked about in the episode together, we had this really cool device 
it's called a female urination device and it's made for women to be able to stand up and pee. That thing is great. It's called the tinkle bell. (laughs) I still use that. It's great when you're in the woods. It's great when like you're on a hike or something. So you don't have to squat down. It's fold really flat and you can keep it in your bag. But the problem was, is like Leanne and I tried to use it everywhere we went. Sometimes we would just like pull over on the side of the road to use it. And it was constantly like trying to hide from other people, right? And the two of us were fairly comfortable with each other. Like, I think depending on how it worked exactly, like we probably could have used it in front of each other. Like there wasn't like a lot of shyness, but there was one moment where we both really had to go and it was snowing, not planned. This was like end of summer, but still not even fall yet. And we were actually in Colorado and it started snowing. There was this freak storm that went through and we had to pee so badly. And we were in a parking lot and I'm going to get into the details, but it was just this whole ordeal of trying to relieve ourselves. And then on my trips by myself, I ended up having a container that I peed in. Like there was just like always like weird stuff as a woman too. I think this is another element of that men don't have to go through anyone that has a penis. Like there's a kind of a luxury of standing up and peeing, but I feel like people with penis like have more confidence and be comfortable around that. Whereas like there's a vulnerability I feel having a vagina, like it's just different, you know, I think compared to what I've seen. And so, yes, this device is cool, but I still like wasn't used to peeing standing up and technically in public, not in a bathroom, like having to find a space to go where I've seen so many men like just kind of confidently go random places. Then the other thing was, I didn't know if I was allowed to pee certain places. Like, I don't know what the rules are. There's a lot of rules about exposing yourself, but in terms of like, is it acceptable, publicly acceptable to go certain places? And there were so many iffy situations. So long story, when I found the Carlu, I was like, this is a game changer. It's designed for road trips. It's designed to use in your car. It is the coolest thing. I will show it to you in an upcoming video after I've used it, but it is stainless steel inside. So it's super sanitary. It comes with a cover to help it from leaking or spilling and like a clasp. It also is very discreet. The other one I was looking at was not as discreet. Very cool. Designed specifically for women. And then I was like, oh, what if like a guy probably wouldn't want to use this. But I was like, what if someone with a different body style or shape? The other brand was like very designed for women's body shapes. And that could lead to some challenges. Like let's say I was with somebody else and they needed to go to, they could use the Carlu. Carlu for people of all ages, it seems like. It's just awesome. But the discreet side of it is extra nice. So it actually has handles. You can carry it in to a restroom and empty it out and clean it. The other one you could do that too, but it's like, it's eye-catching and not maybe in a positive way. The Carlu also, you could do any type of relief (laughs) if you catch my drift, whereas the other one I was looking at is just for urination. I actually bought a collapsible toilet last year for my camping trip, which is really awesome. It's designed to be used like 
in a pop-up tent, which I also have. I have so much gear now. It's kind of silly, but cool at the same time. I bought this like little pop-up tent that you can use to change. You can turn it into a bathroom and this little toilet that folds flat. And then you can pop it up and put a bag in it with this special, it's like a powder that you put in there. And when you use the bathroom, you can wrap it up and it keeps the smell down and you can dispose of it. I think it makes it helps degrade it so you can throw it into any trash can. That's really cool. I will link to all this stuff for you. Probably not in this episode, but upcoming episode, I will break it down. Pun intended again, since I was just talking about breaking down, going to the bathroom. Um, (laughs) Anyways, the car was so amazing because like, I just felt seen. I think that was the other side of it. After these last few trips I've taken, I felt like I was doing all sorts of weird things, like trying to figure it out. Nobody was talking about this stuff. And this has really compelled me to talk about it more because I was seeking out how other women were traveling. I was seeking out how people camp in their cars. But a lot of it's like couples, men and women in a van, and they have like all this fancy stuff. And I'm like, what do you do if you're in a small sedan? Very few people talking about driving an electric car. Although there is an amazing Facebook group called like Tesla Road Trippers that has been a game changer for me. They are the nicest people. They are the people I found this SUV tent through, by the way. So I've had to like branch out and figure all this stuff out. But I remember the bathroom thing just sometimes really need to go when I was like charging my car And most Tesla chargers are by like a gas station or a hotel. And I'm like, gas station bathrooms are usually pretty gross. So yeah, I'll use them, but I would prefer not to. And hotels are nice, but like, it's so awkward going into a hotel when you're not a guest. I've learned to overcome that. And I think there's an agreement with Tesla drivers, like the hotel people know that you're there. One time though... (laughs) I lied to this hotel desk clerk. I don't even know why. I feel so embarrassed that I did this. But I wanted to fill up my water bottle and I was looking for a filtered water station. And there was nowhere to be seen except in the gym at this hotel, which I could see like the glass door, but it was locked. You had to be a guest. I don't know why I lied about this, but I went to the front desk and said, hey, I already checked out and handed in my key. Could you let me into the gym? And like the guy, instead of just like saying, sure, no problem. Like he kind of talked to me a bit and I had to like continue on with the lie. And even though it was like an innocent white lie, I still regret doing that. Like he probably knew I was lying and it's just super embarrassing. Why I didn't just say, hey, can I use the water filter? Like to fill up, I'm charging my car outside, right? But these are the situations that I've been in where I've seen different sides of myself and learned lessons from doing things that I don't feel comfortable with. So sometimes I learned the hard way and I felt comfortable at the time, but in hindsight, I feel really uncomfortable about a decision. And sometimes I did something that felt super uncomfortable in the moment, but in hindsight, I feel like wow, that was great. Like, I'm glad that I did that. I'm proud of myself. I went outside of my comfort zone and everything worked out. So I'm hoping that that happens from this trip. 
I feel nervous. Like it feels like a big undertaking. There's something about this particular trip. And I'm hoping that it's not my intuitions warning me about something. <laughs> like that scares me a little bit, but that's the tricky thing with fear. It's hard to tell. Like, is it a gut feeling? I don't think it is. I think I'm just a bit overwhelmed and I'm also out of practice. I haven't traveled since November. So once I hit the road tomorrow, once everything's packed up, I feel like I'll just get into the travel mode and everything will work out. Nothing that I'm doing is that nuts either. I mean, some of the things that people do in the national parks and the way they camp and hike is intense. It's intense. Get it? Like in a tent. Lots of puns today. I don't know where this is coming from within me, but there's this couple I follow that are incredible. I'm pretty sure they're vegan because they're always talking about vegan food and not even like calling it vegan necessarily, but they do these incredible trips by foot. I think their first one where they became really popular on TikTok, they traveled from Mexico up to Canada. They walked from Mexico to Canada, like from border to border. And they had all this dehydrated food with them that happened to be vegan. So I assume that they are, but I don't know. Side note, it's this couple and they're like sleeping outside in the elements. Like, I don't even know if they bring a tent because they don't really have room for it. They have like, I believe just a forget what it's called, but it's like a cover on top of you, but it's open air. I mean, my mouth is a jar. I think they might've even walked through Montana, which is bear t- country as they call it. And like, I can't even imagine, but people do this stuff. And I'm just thinking, wow, here I am on my electric car that has a camp mode in it. <laughs> and I have all this gear now. Like, I have two toilets and a female urination device. I have three different ways to relieve myself. <laughs> a huge tent. I have a memory foam mattress for my car. I mean, like this is the definition of glamping. <laughs> or I think clamping, like car glamping is a term maybe I could use. But it's funny how it feels complex. But I'm like staying at RV parks with electricity and nice campgrounds. So... It's all relative and our comfort zones can be stretched in all different ways. So that's what I have to say for now. I'm excited and anxious at the same time because there's still a lot to do. I still have to finish packing. I also bought a bunch of new outfits. I talked about this in a previous episode, how I'm really excited. Yesterday, actually, so in between one the previous episodes where I talked about it, I also found through TikTok this girl that makes videos about how to dress as a mid-size woman. I don't know if I qualify as mid-size. I think mid-size might be size 10 and up. But I feel like I don't look good in a lot of the outfits that are made for smaller bodies, if that makes sense. I feel really self-conscious as I talked about in that last episode in my stomach area. So this girl on TikTok, she shows just like really cool outfits and I really love the way that she dresses. 
And I got some great ideas from her. And yesterday I went and got a new outfit and I'm so excited about it. Like I don't normally buy a lot of clothes. I think I might've mentioned that in that episode. I tend to keep the same clothes for many years. You've probably seen me wear the same shirt countless times. I'm very basic. I'm not someone that gets really fancy. But as I mentioned in that previous episode, I'm speaking at this conference and going to be around a lot of business professionals. So I feel like I want to dress up. I'm going to see my sister. Like, I just want to have some clothes I felt really confident in. I'm excited to pack those. So I'm going to finish packing my clothing. And then I pack some really awesome food. That's all actually set up for the most part. Last year, I bought a refrigerator and freezer combo that goes in my car and plugs into the 12 volt cigarette adapter. Game changer. So great. Here's another pun for you. That fridge is cool. I am very excited to use that again. Like the food stuff, I feel so confident about. Like I've been to like so many grocery stores, so many stores, period. The shopping I've done is on another level and that's all taken care of. So I'm pretty good to go. I have a long checklist of stuff I want to wrap up today. (sighs) Everything will be good. It's always that travel anxiety and I just have to move through it and the best feeling that I have before trips is the moment I leave home. When everything is done, there's no turning back. I inevitably leave something or forget something, have to overcome that anxiety that I feel. That's always interesting too. Last year, I actually recorded a little video of myself during one of the only bad feelings I had. I can't remember if I talked about this on an episode, but Before I wrap this one up, I'll say that it's so fascinating things that feel like they're going wrong and where my anxiety and stress comes from. I lost this window shade. There's this awesome company. I think it's called Quick Snap. They sent me these window shades in 2020. And I love them so much because they not only block out some of the sun to keep the car cooler and keep me from getting sunburnt, but they also give privacy. So when I leave my car to go run an errand on the road or just like driving down the street, like it's just extra privacy. And I lost one of them on the 2021 trip and I was in the Grand Tetons and just like feeling so bummed. So there's this video that I haven't posted. Maybe one day I will. Me sitting in the car, just like so stressed and bummed out about that one little thing. And honestly, that's one of the only things that went wrong the entire round trip cross country drive I did. And it's funny in hindsight, but in the moment, like I had to really talk myself through it because I was beating myself up. I was so disappointed in myself for losing something I was dealing with the disappointment of the inconvenience it was going to cause me, which it did. It's such a small thing, but it inconvenienced me. It, it compromised my privacy, and I was really bummed about that, and I had to like rig up another option. And I just remember like feeling so mad. I was like, why did I do that? And this is what happens sometimes when I leave. I don't know how relatable this is, so if you want to respond 
to this episode, I'd love to know how you feel about packing and things that could go wrong on trips. Because I really struggle with the preparation and being afraid to leave things behind. And it's such a bizarre thing because most things are replaceable, right? I, I got another sunshade. It's completely fine. I knew I would get one when I got home. The frustration I felt was that I had like a week or so more left of my trip and I didn't make sense for me to get this shade on the road. I couldn't have it shipped to me. And so I was like feeling vulnerable, like a week more on something I was counting on keeping me safer. And I just got spun out. And there are times where I've forgotten things on trips like last year. Even the simplest thing, I've spun out over losing a towel. But it's like, this is a literal example, like a specific towel I lost last year that I really felt attached to. I am really disappointed to this day that I lost that towel. I actually don't even think I lost it. I think it's like at my sister's place in New York, but like she's not the type of person that would remember to send it to me. And probably maybe I can go looking for it this year when I visit her again. Or I've even thought about convincing her to look for it so she can bring it to me in Colorado. But, you know, I obsess over those things and it, that I really don't like. So I don't know what it is that's going to happen on this trip. I hope it's nothing. I hope that's the worst. I simultaneously either hope nothing like that happens or that's all that happens because I am grateful for very minor issues. I'm grateful that I feel like I need to knock on wood, that I haven't ever hit an animal. I take that back. I hit a squirrel, I think, last year, and that was really upsetting. But the amount of deer and wild animals I've seen on the side of road is heartbreaking. This is probably my least favorite part about driving cross country is seeing roadkill. It deeply bothers me. And I'm so grateful that I have not hit a big animal. I mean, not to minimize the squirrel. That was very upsetting to me. So I guess yeah, I've even done that and I had to get over it. I felt horrible. That poor squirrel, you know, <laughs> It sucks. Anyways, I'm going to stop thinking about everything that can go wrong because I don't think that's going to help me. I'm going to go charge my car now and I have to record one more episode, which you'll hear next week. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear from you. I love getting messages, truly. Like if you've ever thought of responding and you've held back for one reason or another, I just love even, hey, I listened to your episode. Like you could say the most basic thing to me, but it makes my day, truly. Just know it takes me a little time to respond. If you would like a faster response, email is generally great, especially now that I have an assistant helping me with emails. It's a game changer for me because she helps me write them. I always look them over myself. They never are done without me, but just having somebody to set them up and hold me accountable for responding to emails is so thrilling. The other way to connect with me is through my passion project, Beyond Measure. We actually had a call earlier today, despite the fact that I'm feeling a bit frenzied and hectic with so much to do before my trip. It was absolutely wonderful. Every few months, we do a special meal prep 
together as a group where we all go on camera and make the same dish. Today we made a sun-dried tomato pesto pasta. And it seemed like such a basic recipe. And I was thinking, gosh, is this going to be any fun? It was amazing. We had the greatest time. There are a bunch of regulars who show up to every call. They were there. And then another person who's been part of Beyond Measure from the beginning, but not as regular, showed up. It was like I didn't even need to be there myself as the host of Beyond Measure because they were all just chatting away and I was just listening to them talk and we were all making food together. And at the end, we all showed our dishes and like some of us ate together. Some people saved the meal for a different part of their day. And it was so wonderful. We had the best time. And I love that. Like Beyond Measure just continues to blow me away. So if you want to come and hang out with me in real time and meet other amazing people, I'd love to have you in Beyond Measure. I'm going to keep reminding you, keep encouraging you. I've mentioned before that I'm working on a membership fee. It's been free up until now, but I'm going to charge probably about $5 for it per month. And that'll help me cover the costs of running it because there are some monthly costs involved. And also just as another way to kind of get your stake in the game. But as you may have heard in some previous episodes, I have a rewards program built into Beyond Measure. So you can actually earn your money back. If you want to learn more about that, Go check out Beyond Measure. You can ask me questions if you would like, if you're curious, if you're unsure about it. I want to make it accessible to anyone who wants to join. So I would love to have you. I'd love to connect with you in real time. So it's not just me talking to you. I want to hear from you too in whatever form that takes shape. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode and very soon with an episode about this trip to share everything that has happened between now and the end of the trip. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 